What does Casino Royale, the Cannes Film Festival, and Formula One all have in common? You guessed it, it's Monaco. Hi everyone, I'm Melissa from the Travel Talk Podcast, and I'm here with Alex, who is from Monaco, to talk about the city and the Riviera. Now, when I think of Monaco, I think of the bling, the casino, but what you might not realize is how incredible the views and the outdoors are. Alex is going to talk about all of that, as well as the amazing food. Let's get started. Tell me a little bit more about Monaco. There's not many people from Monaco. I'm sure your friends must always ask you for recommendations. What comes to mind when you think of, as somebody who wants to visit for a couple of days, what should you do? So definitely, I highly recommend it. It's a great place. But don't think of it as Monaco alone. Take the whole French Riviera into the picture. Because Monaco itself, like, you just need two, three days. And then you've seen it, you've done it. There's not that much to do. So what you'd want to do is, first of all, see the entire town. It has lots of different parts and they all have a different name. Like the Larvoto, that's the beach area where you have cool little beach bars and nice restaurants. And you can just hang out at the beach, go stand up paddling or swimming. And then you have the rock, which is this famous rock in the middle of the town with a beautiful view on the port. And that's where you have the palace where the prince is. Have you seen the prince before? Yes. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. You just see him. He shows up at events. He goes like to events, to schools, to charity events. So you see him, he goes to the football games, I mean, soccer. Uh, But yeah, there are lots of different parts to check out. And I recommend just trying them all. And then what I recommend people to do is check out the museums. There's some really good museums. There's this little train tour that you can do. It's this local little train that will show you the whole area. And then definitely go and see the more bling bling stuff, like the casino, the port. And then near the casino, that's where you have all the decadent kind of restaurants where people drink champagne for lunch and have fancy cars. It's interesting to see and take pictures, and you also realize how sad it is somehow, (laughs) but but it's fun to see. It's good to window shop through there. (laughs) Exactly. It's just interesting. And then what's lovely then is as soon as you drive outside of Monaco, you have some beautiful areas, just even right next to Monaco, you have Villefranche-sur-Mer, which is this beautiful little port, or you have Italy close by, you can just go to Ventimiglia or San Remo, and you go and have some amazing Italian coffee and food and tons of stuff to do and great hikes as well because you have a lot of hills so you can hike to the top there's even a hotel up there called the vista palace where you have the most incredible view so that I sounds amazing i recommend that have one. you been there yes have you every there? time i have friends visiting i the, take them there that's always the where picture. you go yeah it's like the eiffel tower in paris or golden gate bridge in sf that's <laughs> awesome and you said that you drive everywhere is public transit not very common in along the riviera It's better to drive because the transport is not great. We don't have Uber there. We don't have metros or anything. So there's a train that will take you from Monaco to Nice to Cannes to all the main places. So that's pretty handy and pretty good if they're not on strike because, you know, the French. I'd recommend renting a car for sure like that. You can get around, go everywhere and not only the coastal cities, but also like the backcountry towns not just about the big cities like Monaco and Nice, but it's about all the destinations in between these two locations. 
There are a few musts, two of them especially. There's EZ, that's E-Z-E. It's incredible. If you have Google in front of you, check out Google Images, EZ. And it's this beautiful old medieval town on a cliff. And at the top there, you have a place called Chateau d'Ez. Like, just go up there, have a beer and enjoy the view. And you have all these cute little streets with little shops. It's just, you you feel like you're in a a dream, a different world. Yeah, it sounds like it's from a storybook or something. Yeah, (laughs) maybe Americans would say, oh my God, it looks like Disneyland. Uh, Sleeping Beauty here. (laughs) (laughs) And then also my favorite of all of all times is called Saint-Paul-de-Vence. So that's between Nice and Cannes. You have to go there. That's where all the um, artists used to hang out at the time. So all the very famous painters and artists. So you just walk around these tiny little stone streets and you just have art galleries everywhere. And then cute little restaurants with terraces to enjoy a lovely glass of wine or coffee. I love this. It seems like so much of it is about immersing yourself and experiencing the different aspects. It sounds like it's just the different lifestyle and the different environments there. It's very relaxing. So expect to spend a lot of time sitting on terraces. And admiring beautiful views. Yes. Beautiful people, beautiful views, good food, good drinks. But you can also then add some more active activities because you have the sea, right? So you can go wakeboarding, swimming, paddleboarding, whatever interests you. But it's true, it's very laid back. So when you compare to California, where everyone's like doing sports in the south of France, the French Riviera, it's a lot about sitting on a terrace. And maybe even relaxed sports, walking, hiking, paddleboarding. Yeah. It's the lifestyle. We have a very important part of our culture, which is called apéro, which is a shortened word for aperitif, which means every night before dinner, you meet up with your friends or family and you have apéro which means you enjoy little snacks like cheese, a cheese board or charcuterie with some wine or a beer. It sounds like a more fun version of afternoon tea. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, it's super common. Like every day you would write with friends like, hey, you want to meet up for apéro? And then you just choose a terrace and then go and sit there and have snacks and drinks before you head over to dinner. Do you have any fun stories about that or any fun memories <laughs> from that? Yeah, sometimes I didn't show up at family dinners. <laughs> <laughs> a little too much fun then. Yeah. <laughs> No, they're really great, but it's just really relaxing. I think people take the time to enjoy life there and take your time rather than always being in a rush and being very individualistic. It's a very social kind of environment. So it's really a process. Does like the city shut down in that afternoon period when everybody's catching up and spending time together? Yeah, there's uh, not much going on during apéro. If you're traveling there, like try to adapt as well to the schedule of South of France, because I noticed in the US, like people tend to eat at whenever time they can, and you can easily access food whenever you want. But in the South of France, you can't. It's you have time for breakfast, which is usually croissant or like pastries Mm -hmm. and bread. And then you have lunch, which is between 12 and 2. And if you're hungry between 2 and 5, there's not much. You can go to McDonald's. You're on your own. (laughs) Yes. So make sure you adapt to that schedule. But that's when you can go paddleboarding. Yeah, exactly. So that's when you work or take a nap or do your sports. And then at 5 p.m. you start apéro. And then at 8, 9 p.m. you have dinner. Okay. And then you just have a variety of dinner options. Like you mentioned, these really glamorous restaurants in Monaco. There's one, if you really want a Monaco experience, a dinner going out of control, go to Sass Cafe, one of my favorites of all times. I love going, especially during the Christmas period, because everyone from Monaco who lives abroad, when they go back home for Christmas, we always always all meet up at Sass Cafe. So the food is pretty good, kind of Italian style. And you have late dinner and the music gets louder and louder. And then you just end up dancing on your tables 
and there's a woman singing and it's just really, really cool to experience. Oh my God, live music, fancy dinners that evolve into parties. Yes, <laughs> we have a few of those. There's also Jimmy's and Bagatelle. It seems like everything's just a little bit more classier in Monaco. <laughs> yeah, or wannabe. You Almost. have a lot of wannabes as well who think that drinking champagne and spraying it is fancy, whereas I don't think it is. Personally. It's a waste of good champagne. Yes, yes. I love this. It seems like so much of it's just about embracing that lifestyle. You mentioned so much that you have to follow the beat of the city and the beat of the Riviera. How much time should someone allocate if they want to see the Riviera to be able to see all of this, have that experience and be able to not disrupt the rhythm too much? I think 10 days to two weeks is really good. One week, probably not enough to immerse yourself into it and like understand the culture and the people. If you can do 10 days, two weeks, that's when you really have time to enjoy. You're not rushed to see everything in five days, you know, because there's a lot to see. If you count between San Remo and Italy to Cannes, it's long and there's a lot to see there because there are all these coastal towns and cities, but also the backcountry ones, as I mentioned. So it's just about exploring and seeing all the cities. And just enjoying the views, eating all the good food. There's so many, so many good restaurants and it's way more affordable than out here in San Francisco, for example. Like the most popular thing to do in the south of France for lunch is just you don't even look at the menu. You just ask for the plat du jour, which means the dish of the day. And it's always good. And it's like eight euros. That's amazing. You know, it's funny. I just did a bunch of podcasts recently about Asia and I just had someone from Greece. The common theme with all of these is that no matter where you are and what you can afford, you can always get a really good meal for a fair price. I wish we could replicate that here in the US. I feel like you kind of have these two extremes a little bit. Yes. You know, not everybody has 10 days. Like I think for most average Americans, you just have a couple weeks of total vacation. So if I only have a week and I can go to the Riviera, is there maybe should I target like the Italian first or the French first or should I prioritize Monaco? How would I navigate that? So in that case, take only half a day for Monaco. It will be enough to see it all, not to per se experience it, like live it. But in half a day, you've seen it all and get a good picture of it. And then it depends. Like, have you already been to Italy? If you've already been to Italy, maybe you don't need to go again to see San Remo or Ventimiglia. But if you've never been to Italy, definitely recommend it. You have those markets, that Italian vibe, and so interesting. Like you just cross the border and you're there. You already feel a difference. Yeah. Although there's nothing, like there's no border control. You just drive through and there's just a sign suddenly, welcome in Italy. And that's it. What's some of the biggest differences? Well, first of all, the language. Very <laughs> different. True. I can't speak the language once I'm there, although it's just a 20 minute drive from my house. Oh my God. Do they know French? No. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, I mean, some of them do, obviously. And then the food. I mean, the pizza just tastes suddenly so much different. Really? Although it's just 20 minutes away. Oh, that's impressive. What do you think makes it so different? I don't know what they do. There's some Italian magic. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. You mentioned a bit about the markets. What are the markets of Italy? It's great for buying cheap stuff. I love it. You can just find a bit of everything. Jewelry, clothes, handbags. Cheese. Cheese. Yes. <laughs> really good cheese, homemade, fresh pasta. Like all the good stuff that you can then just bring back home and cook. Oh, I would just love some homemade pasta from Italy. It's really great. But then if you've been to Italy already, maybe not recommended, then I'd rather explore Nice, which is a bigger city. It's uh, France fourth largest city. 
So if you stay by the coast, especially going to the old town of Nice, it's super fun. It's just full of outdoor restaurants with fresh seafood and then really cool pubs and bars. It's a fun place to hang out. Best ice cream shops ever in there. So what's the old city of Nice exactly? So we call that the old town. So And you can really see the difference. So you have the whole city, which is more like you can tell 80s buildings. But then when you're in the old town, it's much older with these smaller streets. You can't drive in there. And it's beautiful. So it's like protected a little bit. Yes, it's more like a pedestrian zone. Oh, that's amazing. It's really cool. It's amazing they're able to preserve the city like that. And you'll have the same in, as I mentioned, Aise, Saint-Paul-de-Vence. These are all places where you have to park your car at the entrance and then you can only walk inside the entire village. It's so beautiful. And then you have elder people playing pétanque. What's pétanque? So that is something that I'd recommend to do as well. If you can, just go to a cute store from a market or a supermarket, grab a basket with cheese, charcuterie and a bowl of wine and then go and play pétanque, which is jeu de boule. So it's kind of like bocce in the US. I'm sorry, what's bocce? You throw this little ball okay. and then you have bigger balls that you have to throw and like it has to be the closest to that little ball. Oh. And you have these tracks everywhere in the south of France to play that. Got it. And it's a thing for all ages. Everyone loves playing pétanque because it's just very relaxing. It's chill and you eat and drink at the same time. So whether you're a kid or retired or some cool hip yeah, or some young cool adult. hip young adult, it's equally cool. Maybe with wine instead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the cheese you got from the Italian market. Yes, that's the perfect scenario. That sounds amazing. And they're just everywhere in the town. Do you have to like rent materials? Do you just like set up shops? No, and start just doing it? buy it. It's not expensive and then just show up. You can just search it on Google Maps even, I guess. Like and you can just pick up a place in Nice and just have an in afternoon. Nice or in Saint-Paul-de-Vence, you have the very famous one on Café de la Place. Oh. Yeah, everywhere in Cannes, in every town on the French Riviera, you'll find Pétanque. How are the locals? They must see a lot of tourists. Are they tend to be more adverse towards tourists or can you just walk up to people and be like, hey, can I play your Pétanque game? The French are known for not all always being the friendliest or the most welcoming. Please bear in mind, though, in the south of France, they're much friendlier than in Paris. <laughs> but I think it's the language barrier. The French are proud people. And if you challenge them with English <laughs> or another language, they are intimidated. And mm. that's why maybe they seem less friendly, but it's not that they aren't. It's just a different culture. Yeah, well, and that's their native language. In fairness, I think many of us in the US expect people to speak English when they come here and visit. So if you can try make an effort speaking in French, even if you just align a few words, they appreciate that and yeah. you, you'll probably get a smile back. That's good. And that's totally reasonable. Yeah. I remember um, I did a trip around France with a friend of mine. I knew some French. She knew some French. So combined, we did okay. Yeah, yeah it works out. I remember one lady was so excited about it, She just let us into the museum for free. She's just like, just go, go, yeah. go, go. Yeah. Now they're actually getting much better and better, especially I notice it since I live in the US. I really care about good service and friendly people. And every time I go back to the south of France now, I notice a difference. Really? And I think they've been really working on it because you realize if you're not good in service, you're going to lose tourism, right? It's getting better and better. They're actually modernizing and becoming more open-minded, which is a good thing. And tourism is probably a big piece of the community in the Riviera. Huge. Yeah. And all types of tourism. You get very wealthy tourists and celebrities, but then you also get a lot of people camping. Like they come with their caravans from the Netherlands, from Germany, from Denmark. And that's also very common. And then they stay in like these camping areas. Yeah, I think I've seen those before. You have a lot of those as well. And then they'll just choose to go for like the hot dog beach stands, you know, for the more simple stuff. The more rustic environment. But that's great. You have really for everyone. Yeah, I'm sure there's a mix.
mix between the Ritz Carlton and the camping. Is there like a go-to recommendation you have? Airbnb. Really? Yeah. Especially in the old town of Nice. Like at least there you get that French feel and you can, you know, buy stuff at the market, which is always nicer. And walk everywhere. Yeah. Do that. Or like you have some really good like three star hotels. And they're probably run by like a mom and pop, you know, like an inn. Yeah. And they're probably going to be more receptive to helping since it's such a big piece of their business and their life. Definitely. But then if you want to go more extravagant, in that case, I really recommend the Monte Carlo Bay Hotel. It has the craziest swimming pool. It's huge. It's like a lagoon. And the bottom of the pool is sand. So it's very interesting, like with fountains and bridges and they serve you drinks. It's pretty amazing. That sounds like Disneyland. (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty sweet. And then again, if you're more on a budget... You have some great, great restaurants as well for yeah. decent prices. My favorite of all that I really recommend is called Le 950 in Nice. So that means 950. Everything on the menu costs nine euros and 50 cents. Oh, that's amazing. Everything. Just order everything on the menu. <laughs> Taste it all. It's delicious. And I know the owner, she makes everything just homemade in-house. It's really, really fantastic. It's by the port of Nice. Out of the tourists that you see there, is it predominantly Americans or do you see a lot of Europeans? Everything. Everything. But yeah, a lot of Europeans as well. And Russians. The Russians love Monaco. Saudi Arabians. Wow. So you see everything. It's probably very diverse then. Yes. Especially if you go like during big events. So the Cannes Film Festival, the Monaco Formula One Grand Prix. You have people from all over the world. Have you seen the Formula One before? Yeah, I see it from my apartment. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I mean, my parents' apartment. Of course, but what is that like? That must be amazing. It's very cool. It's exhausting, though. So you don't recognize Monaco. If you visit Monaco during the Grand Prix, that image you'll have is not what Monaco is the rest of the year. What's it like? It's packed. It's just people everywhere. They shut down the streets and then the whole town just turns into a big nightclub. So it's great for partying, but it's very expensive. It, it, it's an experience and it's people from all over the world. It's very noisy during the day. It's these really loud cars and at night it's really loud music quite an experience i can't even imagine and normally the formula one brings in a very unique clientele let's be honest probably the one (laughs) percent yeah no not in monaco that's when you'll have the most good-looking women wow models celebrities wealthy people it seems like disneyland again just something incredibly surreal yeah it's a very vip event yeah it's super different than what we live in everyday life if that's something you want to experience go for it the parties are good maybe that was me five years ago yes (laughs) yeah for you i'd recommend going in spring or in fall yeah much nicer for you listeners out there i'm a more relaxed person (laughs) i probably drink but unfortunately i can't handle too much anymore yeah you can do the apéro yeah i can do dinner and go to bed the time at 10 (laughs) yes (laughs) yeah i love the idea of hiking and swimming and just really being part of that world it's just this beautiful environment the weather's amazing Tell me about the hiking. Hiking is good. There's a really cool trail that goes from the country club. That's where you have the tennis. Uh, that goes all the way to Roquebrune. Mm-hmm. And that's a super nice trail along the water. Uh, but it's like with stairs and goes up and down and on the rocks. It's so you really, can earn really cool. your apéro. Yes. After that, you go for apéro. Otherwise, you have plenty in the backcountry of Nice or near Saint-Paul-de-Vence, that village I told you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have some really good hiking. Speaking of the backcountry of Nice, if you're into wine, there are some very good wineries up there, like Chateau de Belle. So you need to reserve and then they give you a tour and then you get to taste the wines and they're delicious. Bear in mind, though, it's different from wine tasting in Napa, which can be more of a scene. There, it's just more quiet. You just do the tour and taste your wine and then leave. 
And if you want more of the wine experience, then I recommend going a little further out. So if you go direction Saint-Tropez, that's an area we call Le Var. And that's where you have all the famous rosé from Provence. So highly recommend trying some of those wineries too. I feel like there's four or five different types of vacations yes, mixed in what you're telling mixed. me. Yes, it can be super relaxing. It can be beachy or it can be artistic. It can be simple down to earth where you just sit on a terrace and enjoy the cheap meals and drinks you can have. Or you can go the bling bling side in Cannes or in Monaco with the fancy cars and hotels and expensive restaurants. When you have your friends come visit, do you guys always check out the casino? No, I actually just show it from the outside because it's actually a beautiful building. And then I'll take them for a drink at Café de Paris, which is that terrace right next to it. So you just sit out there, have a cup of tea or coffee, and then just look at the view in the scene. So you'll have a view on the casino and the Hotel Le Paris, which is this very famous hotel, yeah. which is in movies and all that. That's a good suggestion. I think a lot of people wouldn't think about that. Yeah, instead of going into the casino or feeling you have to spend a lot of money there, like there you have the Louis XV restaurant, which is world famous, but out of price. I think that sounds like a great alternative. Yeah, so instead just go to Café de Paris, which can also be expensive for lunch and stuff. But if you just go for one drink, like I'll go for one beer or coffee and then it's fine and you can enjoy the view and the scene. Yeah, it's a vacation. You can splurge a little bit once in a while. Is there something you think the travel guides miss when they talk about the Riviera that you think is always worth highlighting? Probably. I guess in those things, you have the more touristy recommendations. They'll probably recommend the Café de Paris. They'll probably recommend, as I said, the rock where there's the palace where the prince lives. They'll recommend the old town of Nice. There are standards, but the 950 in Nice, for example, or like try to live the French lifestyle with the apéro. That's more local. I love that. You can check a box and see these things or you can take a step further and just live the life a little bit. Well, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining me, Alex. I feel incredibly relaxed right now listening to all these <laughs> stories you're sharing. I want to go there now. <laughs> Let's just go to the Riviera and yeah. eat cheese and swim in the water and hike and just relax. If you're used to the high-paced lifestyle, though, it might drive you nuts. Everything is slow there. The traffic is slow. The service is slow. If you need to change something in a store, it will take them forever. So just get used to that. Take your time. Pace Don't yourself. be in a rush. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Alex. For our listeners out there, keep an eye out for our next podcast. Thank you. Thanks for joining, Alex. And for all you listeners out there, the podcast is uploaded every other Wednesday. You can find it on your mobile phone or on traveltalk.me. Please subscribe. Our next topic is going to be about Hong Kong with Natasha. 